everyone. My name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, you can visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Adam West, Assistant General Manager with the Black Falls Bulldogs. Adam brings a great story with a unique European influence showing the true meaning of putting yourself out there. With a passion for management, he has worked in various hockey operations roles leading to his position today with an AJHL expansion franchise. With that, I'm happy to present Adam West, Assistant General Manager of the Black Falls Bulldogs. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day, and the best part is it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Adam West, Assistant General Manager with the Black Falls Bulldogs. Adam, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to have you on as well and and kind of go through some of your experiences. And, uh, you know, when we look through different people's careers and I kind of do the background, it's always interesting just to see how many different steps and, and how um, different one story is from the next. And you know, you have opportunities in Finland and in BC and, and now in Alberta. So a little bit of a, a different path here, but I'm excited to get through it and, and share it with listeners. So let's start off by just learning a little bit about you personally. Maybe talk about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years and just some more information on you. Yeah, so I'm from I'm from Calgary and uh, great kind of hockey mecca or kind of center, just kind of being the home of Hockey Canada. Um, and, you know, growing up being a teenager, I lived in Northwest Calgary. So to the Hockey Canada headquarters, it was a five, 10 minute drive. So whenever they were hosting the national camps, the U-17 camps, World Junior camps, I was always able to just go kind of drop in and watch and see what they were doing and stay close to that. So that kind of is maybe where I, I started to enjoy just going to watch junior hockey players and follow those guys' trajectory to pro kind of stemmed from just uh, my mom driving a buddy of mine or two and just going to drop us off at Father David Bauer or to win sport there. But uh, growing, up, like growing up in Northwest Calgary, um, interest in sports, it, it was just kind of a sporty area. My buddies and I were just really big into street hockey, backyard sports, backyard baseball, and just having fun playing sports and just the camaraderie about it. It's kind of where I guess the love uh, of sports came from. And uh, from there, just kind of playing in and, you know, getting through school, university, you know, looking for a career. I wanted it to be something I love and something I was passionate about. And, uh, you know, just the way my upbringing was in my childhood was uh, that was hockey, that was sports and just trying to find a way to make it work for me. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, everybody, you know, wants to follow their passion and uh, it's not always easy to make it work in sports and, and more specifically hockey. But, you know, you were able to take those next steps in your career and kind of look to, uh, you know, create a foundation to be able to build off of. And ultimately for you, that went through your schooling experience and, and eventually sport management. So just talk about that decision with your in terms of schooling and the desire to ultimately go into sport management and just talk about that entire experience. 
Well, continuing on, like through my playing career growing up as a teenager, I was very fortunate to meet I, what I would call the right people for trying to start a career in sports management. And they kind of really helped me out and pointing the right direction. Um, when I was playing with Northwest Calgary um, Association there, one of my coaches, Ross McLean, who was working at Hockey Canada at the time, had actually gone to this school in Finland, the sports management program. And so he was my coach and I kind of cornered him one day and I was like, you're working in hockey. Like he was the head scout for ISS at the time too. And I was just like, I want to get into management. I want to work in hockey. Kind of, can you help me out? You did it. How did you do it? And so actually in Northwest Calgary, um, there was, there was Ross who was an Islander boy, but moved to Calgary. Um, There was Kellen Carson. And then the class before me, Two classes before me, there was two kids from Northwest Calgary, two the year above me, and then me. So we had like a whole kind of schwack of us go to Finland there in a short period of time. And uh, Ross was a great mentor in helping me up and uh, sending me over there. And uh, once I got over there, that's kind of where it all just kind of snowballed and took off. And it, the move there kind of really signified that I was serious about this and that it was something I was, I was going to run with. So uh, meeting those right people, and expressing my interest, telling them what my goals were and what I was interested in, um, really got them to start helping me out. And it just pointed me in that direction and uh, just been trying to keep it going since. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I mean, any time that you're willing to make a move, uh, you know, of that magnitude, I think it signals that definitely you're, you're serious about um, your career and kind of pursuing that passion. And again, we'll kind of go through each experience here, but uh, before we maybe talk about Finland specifically, let's talk about your start with Northwest Calgary, you know, in a coaching capacity and maybe just what you learned through those initial experiences on the ice. So that was that was really interesting for me. My first year coaching. So I finished my 17-year-old year playing midget for Northwest and was kind of bouncing around. Of I had no guarantees to play junior hockey, and I was looking at maybe going to play junior B in BC. But it was still, like, Nothing was guaranteed. It was kind of a long shot. And so kind of like at the ninth hour, I pulled out and I went to, I accepted a role or a position at Mount Royal University in their business program to start university. So I figured I'd just start going with that. And uh, I knew at that time I had already wanted to, to work in hockey. So my, the initial plan at that time was get a business degree and find a way to make it work in hockey. Um, so at that time, I knew like I had to keep, I had to stay in hockey. I had to keep a role. I had to keep growing. So I wanted to coach. Um, so I was one year out of midget and I got sent and I was coaching the team. I just started or just finished playing for. So on that team, I had four kids. I was teammates with the season before. And so it was a, it was a real adjustment right off the bat. I was 18. I was coaching kids one and two years younger than me and some who I had a vastly different relationship with the year before. And I didn't want to go in and just kind of be buddy-buddy and just joke around and still hang out with those guys. Uh, I I was there because I wanted to work in hockey. I wanted to improve and send my career off that way. So so I really kind of even distanced myself from them uh, as much as I could that first year. (laughs) And then it was the following year I dropped down to, to the Bantam age group kind of gave myself a little bit more of a cushion um, age-wise with those kids. And that was maybe good for me to kind of get a little more comfortable in in teaching and, you know, giving them some direction and not feeling a little weird about it just because you weren't so buddy-buddy with them. And and that was was good to just kind of get my tone as a coach or as a a hockey person, how – how to relate or how to get through to the kids and actually teach. Um, so that, that was pretty fun to, to get started right away when I was young um, to just get over that barrier of age difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime there's a, there's a coach who's, you know, close in age and close in proximity, I think it's a, you know, it's a challenge. I, I think it can be done, but it's definitely not the same relationship as having an older coach or someone more experienced. So uh, you know, good on you for still kind of working through that and then also giving yourself that cushion of bantam, even though that's still, uh, you know, not a, not a huge difference, but at least it gives a little more uh, more of an adjustment there. And 
uh, you know, kind of taking that experience and then moving forward uh, in Finland, you were able to go in with Vera Mackey and, and work as their assistant and slash goaltending coach, uh, maybe break down the, the opportunity to coach there and, and just give us the entire experience and maybe share some stories of Finland as well. Yeah. Um, I guess one last thing to, to just kind of add in on the, the separating the relationship with, with the, the players I was coaching who were previous teammates. I mean, it might have been a little easier for me if I was more of a, a quiet or reserved teammate in the locker room or maybe not as loud as I am, but uh, kind of being a bit of a goof as a teammate and maybe being one of the louder voices in the room, it was that's where I had to kind of draw the line and say I'm more businesslike, more serious. But uh, the team we coached over in Finland um, was a really, really cool experience, especially for the league we were in. Um, so it was an under 20 league and <clears throat> our program in Viramaki, the school inside of it, um, sports management program. And that team was run by only students of that program. So my first year there, I, I started out as the goalie coach, which first year students usually don't get to coach that team, just uh, giving the second year students more of the opportunity. Um, but the things with that program where they wanted to run it, with English speaking coaches because our program was in English and they wanted to get the North American kids teaching it if they could to just kind of bring the kids more of a diverse flavor or a different system or ideology to hockey than maybe they grew up with or were used to. So I kind of, I had been trying to distance myself from goalies because I was a goalie, started out as a goalie coach, but I didn't want to be a goalie coach. I wanted to, to broaden my capabilities so uh, I accepted the role as a goalie coach there just to get in with the team and then just kind of took my position and, and kind of I don't know tried to deliver above expectations um, and my experience with some goalie coaches is they're two two a week two day a week guys three day a week guys and uh, I wanted to be an everyday guy so I was there every day I was in the gym with them running workouts and on the ice every day didn't miss a game that year, we started off in, in the third division for U20, and we did really well. Killed it in playoffs and qualified for Mestis, so the second highest U20 league in, uh, in Finland. So then that gave me the uh, opportunity that second season, 15-16, uh, with uh, Maso Lettinen to, to be like associate coach, run the D, be more involved in the total teamscape of things. And, uh, I mean... I got to give the, the credit to our players too, because we had some kids at the beginning of each year who we, we'd get to come play for us, maybe recruit from a different part of Finland. And, and they didn't necessarily know that everything was going to be run in English and they maybe weren't the best at speaking English. So here I was kind of run into a different situation of communication problems again, where the players I was trying to communicate with, I, I couldn't speak with, they couldn't speak my language. So we just had to, keep working with them, kind of be a little flexible with some of the guys. Our head coach was finished, so we never got in a situation where a kid was completely lost. Like if it really came down to it or a quick moment in a game, we had the, the finished speakers uh, to kind of help us, help us out and fall back on. But in the gym every day, in practice, trying to get our team systems down and just creating our team culture with some of those guys, it, it, it was a good challenge, but it was fun. Um, and there in a situation – um, I'm in a situation again where both years my players are the same age as me or I'm just older than that second year we're in the playoffs and I'm running the D the D man I'm playing every other shift trying to trying to keep us alive in the playoffs he's older than me so it was just kind of a weird dynamic um, just kind of in that sense but you really kind of we had to earn our respect with our players but by, by working hard and knowing our stuff and and showing a willingness to, to help them improve their game. And uh, kind of throughout the season, just our consistency with that effort, um, really working hard. We, we were a hardworking team. We were practicing, working out six days a week, uh, really only taking the one day off. And we really were a cohesive, like our, like we were young. Our head coach was 26. Our assistant coach was 28. And then we had two other coaches, myself and another Finn. We were 21. So we were pretty young with an older, like 19, 20 year old team and uh, the relationships we formed with those guys. Uh, it was really awesome. 
And we almost, we lost out in like the final playoff round for the second year in a row to get promoted up another league to the ASM Liga for U20. We lost out and devastating overtime, game five of a best of five. And uh, that was heartbreaking. But those two years coaching that team, um, just the communication, the the detail to teaching and just the, how to earn the respect of our players by, by kind of grinding with them every day, uh, it, it was an irreplaceable experience. Yeah, very unique experience for you. And <laughs> again, you, you never really know where these opportunities are going to come. And and sometimes it's in your own back uh, backyard and sometimes you got to go, uh, you know, play a distance <laughs> to go find it. But again, you're able to to go in there and, and uh, you know, put all put your all into it and, and put in that extra effort and, uh, you know, take the most out of it and learn from it. And you kind of carried that into your next experiences. And the next one I just want to touch on, and it's actually a couple different experiences kind of tied into one, is your time working as an instructor on various occasions with Hockey Canada. Uh, maybe again, talk about how you kind of found yourself in that position and then what you're able to take away from those experiences. So the hockey Canada experiences, um, it's kind of funny because this guy's still a mentor and a guy I talk to quite a bit, but I don't want to toot his horn too much. Um, but, uh, my coach who sent me over to Finland was also the, the guy I knew working at hockey Canada, running the development programs for all the young kids. And, uh, so running those kind of spring and summer camps um, just like as a skills instructor with uh, kind of all age groups. I mean, worked a lot of just those full day summer camps to begin with. And just kind of, again, it was just being around the right people, um, just being in the, the wind sport there in Calgary. So we'd be running day camps with children and next door, the men's Olympic team would be starting their summer camp. And then the next week, the World Junior team would be in and U17 camp would be going on. And so just kind of being around and working for us uh, with those clinics um, is what I would do those first two summers when I was going to university in Calgary and then continuing into the summers when I was coming home from Finland uh, for the summer. And so before I went back to Finland for my last year of school, um, the World Juniors were in Helsinki that year. So I was kind of talking to like Ross there talking to my buddies and he actually helped me set up a meeting with Scott Salmon, um, VP national teams with hockey Canada and just kind of gave him my spiel that I was a student in Finland, been working for you guys. I, I did a little work up in the office the one summer, just building development programs um, and kind of got hooked up with, with hockey Canada there on the world junior team to spend a full week with them during their training camp in Imatra, Finland. So when they, uh, I got hooked up with like their whole hockey ops team, Misha Donskoy, who's uh, working in Vegas now, Bane Pettinger, who's with Hockey Canada for a while, and just kind of helping them with logistics and running the, the World Junior Team's training camp in Finland before the tournament started. And so like when they landed in Helsinki, like I was at the airport, kind of helping line up the bus and the baggage claim and making sure everything was ready for the, the team there on the ground. And then just spending the week with that group it was awesome. I mean, there were so many great hockey people who like career lifers there. And just to kind of, whenever the day was done, the whole staff would kind of just get together and hang out and, uh, you know, just kind of sit around, tell some stories, have some fun and just kind of bumping elbows and, and being around those guys. <laughs> like, so like from that group, Misha Donskoy went on to be hockey ops at, with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, was the assistant coach on that team, GM of the Golden Knights. Uh, Dave Lowry was the head coach with Winnipeg. Dom Ducharme was the assistant coach with Minnesota or with uh, Montreal. So just kind of was spending every day with these guys and ending off the every day with a couple of my caps with these guys and just hearing their stories and, and how they made their careers work in hockey and getting to know them was just another one of those experiences that you can't duplicate or, or measure up uh, just how valuable it was to, to see how these guys carry themselves and, how they deal with the players or deal with their, uh, their colleagues. It was, uh, it was pretty special. Yeah. I mean, right place, <laughs> right time for sure. Um, you know, with the, with the tournament and also being there and, uh, you know, like you said, that's a pretty experienced staff that you're able to, uh, to be involved with. But I think anytime you can, uh, you know, tie yourself into hockey Canada, you're, you're bound to run into somebody who's eventually going to be successful if they're not already, uh, successful. And, you know, in terms of accolades at that point and, 
following that time in Finland and all those experiences, you eventually did make it back to uh, to Western Canada and this time going to Penticton uh, with the V's and the BCHL. Maybe start off by just talking about your time as a video coach and the eventual transition to hockey operations and uh, at the same time, maybe give listeners uh, some insight into maybe a day or a week in, in your positions. For sure. So when I was finished in Finland, um, obviously had to, you know, go out and find a job now. And uh, when I left school in April, it was probably about a five month job search, but at which time I, w- I was writing my bachelor's thesis uh, so I could graduate my program. So I was back in Calgary looking for a job and uh, it, it, it was a long haul kind of trying to find something line, lined everything up. I think I emailed every CHL team in the country and quite a few junior A teams, just trying to find a place, same what I could do and uh, just trying to promote myself. Um, and so how I ended up landing in Penticton actually was um, in the class above me, there was a kid from Toronto, Steve Cocker, who the year before had gone from our program to Penticton. So I got hooked back up with Steve and we kind of reunited there in Penticton. Um, and it was kind of funny because Steve and I had the same similar goals coming out of school. Like we wanted to be in management, hockey ops, scouting, that kind of role. Um, and it was just, I was just trying to find a place and, you know, having a tough time because it's just, it was not a lot of openings. So I got in with Steve there and we kind of were able to work it between ourselves, just with him knowing um, kind of what I wanted to get out of it. That, like I did the video work um, and was a video coaster in the game and then also able to help him out and just kind of work together on, on some, uh, some of the hockey ops side of things. Um, so as a, as a video coach, I mean, those were some late nights, especially going down in the playoffs. Um, and even back then, just our video, our software to cut videos, it took some time. So, um, you know, you're there, you're clipping things during practice when the coaches want them. You know, you're doing the analytics on the side because they all kind of tie in together, watching the video and, and tracking all the team's analytics. Um, clipping, clipping during the games, um, you know, and just kind of the big thing as uh, my role in video coach was just finding what the coaches wanted and what their eyes were looking for or what they tended to want to show players. So during the games, I knew the D coach really was focusing on this in practice this week or really focusing on our retrievals or getting back to pox on dump in. So I'm really clipping a lot of those and getting them ready for the D coach. Um, and then after the games, uh, so that my first year in Penticton actually is a year we ended up winning the BCHL and going on a run to nationals. Um, but I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't an easy playoff run for the players. I mean, on their bodies, we ended up playing uh, just the way the schedule worked out, uh, 32 playoff games in 64 days to, to win the BCHL every series we took to game seven, uh, the BCHL final to beat Chilliwack. We beat them in game seven in their building one to nothing in overtime. So, I mean, the players really grinded that one out by their nails like it was tight the whole way um and as a coaching staff after each game we'd get together rewatch the game again um which took us hour and a half two hours just because we're pausing rewinding discussing um and really trying to make sure we had a good show for our players in the morning to really get ready for the next game um and so then at that time when we're done watching the game um, i'd stay behind and have to put the video together so there was there was a few 4 a.m. nights during that uh, that playoff run where I'd leave the office at 4 a.m., go home, get a couple hours sleep, and then I was back at 8.39 setting up for a meeting with the players. So so that was awesome in that, but uh, I'm not sure I'd kind of really want to repeat that structure of a playoff run for myself again because that was, that was pretty pretty tiring for me. But um, So as the years kind of – each year in Penticton, my role kind of evolved a bit. Just um, with Steve and Fred, um, we were all kind of on the same page of help. Like Fred was really great at helping Steve and I grow and take on more each year um, to the point where the last year Steve was gone uh, working for the BCHL and just kind of taking over that role. And so the transition or kind of the difference was kind of just oversight of the staff and making sure everything I was doing on video was still split up between the staff. I figured I shouldn't be doing the video anymore, even though I had all the experience of it. Um, well, the video to show the players for meetings. So 
got our D coach starting to make the D teaching videos for the D, the forwards for the forwards and splitting that up. And then just kind of transition more of my time into our scouting, into our recruiting. You know, I'm on the phone with, with advisors and parents um, and trying to trying to outlook or build a roster for a year out and kind of see where we're at. And um, I, you know, I have a lot of fun with that side of the game. And, um, you know, talking to great hockey people, advisors in Massachusetts, New York, Minnesota, and just kind of spreading out um, and, and uh, getting to know everyone involved in hockey out there um, just to kind of find some good players. <clears throat> and in Penticton, um, the way I recruit, like, big program, people knew who we were. So when we came calling, um, you know, we were chasing some pretty big-time players, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know how many parents or how many players we had on that team who, whose dads were NHL stars, which uh, which was really cool. Like we had Scott Niedermeyer, two of his kids, Doug Waits' kid. Mike Sillinger, just to name a couple, Stu Barnes. Um, so like kids I grew up watching playing hockey, you know, and recruiting their kids and getting them in our program. And, you know, that was pretty cool um, to get to meet them and, you know, sit down and uh, on a recruiting trip, you know, sit down with Doug Wade and just hear his stories working with the Islanders and then working with his son, Danny, who was a great player throughout the year. Um, just kind of those experiences were, were really cool, just especially working in, uh, in junior A, getting to really still – be uh, working with kind of the upper echelon of kids, kids who really have a, a real solid shot at playing pro hockey. Um, our video coach to direct our hockey officer in Penticton was just me doing less video during the day. I was still doing uh, the video during games, like cutting it in game, just uh, staff numbers. You know, we're still working in junior hockey. Everyone's got to wear a few different hats and that's just uh, the way it shook out um, at that time. But it was, it was just awesome. Just kind of, getting a small group of people and trying to direct everyone's workflow, um, building up little packages of what every member in the hockey ops department, like what's their workload, what is their little thing they focus on or, or their contribution. And, and then throughout the year, building the development program and the schedule and seeing it kind of come to fruition throughout the year, just changing, changing the way maybe you structure your day. Um, making sure you you create time for skilled ice sessions every morning. Just even if your players are getting out there for one or two extra 30-minute skates a week just to work on strictly skills. Um, you know, with my last year there, we really paid attention to that and made sure we do that, did that. And at the end of the year, um, the results were, were undeniable. Um, like in our players, the progression they made in their game, the development. Um, so just kind of seeing the effect you can have on the game in that way really cool for me and just kind of the management side of things is uh you know that's how i keep wanting to trend my career is more in that direction definitely definitely a lot of times you know you got to go into these different positions uh, you know in your finland opportunity you said kind of goaltending was your entry and this time it was video coaching and uh you know video yeah. coaching is a grind everybody who's been involved in that position for an extended period of time knows it's a lot of late nights and <laughs> it's, it's a it's a strain on your eyes first and foremost but uh, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, BCHL obviously is a great place and uh, you're put in a great position again to to kind of grow and, and continually grow throughout your time with the program. And you talk about just wanting to maybe stay in that management and kind of go in that area, the recruiting, talking with advisors and age, former NHLers who now have kids kind of going in that direction. And today you're an assistant general manager uh, with the Bulldogs there in the AJHL. So I know it's a new team and there's a lot of uh, different things going on this time around, but maybe just talk about the opportunity to work with this program and, and kind of how that has started and gone so far. Well, it, it, it's really exciting what, what's happening here and what we're building in Black Falls. But for me, when I was uh, kind of took a, a change of pace, looking for something new after Penticton and, and started looking around or, or applying for jobs, seeing what was out there. Um, just what, what the ownership here is uh, like, Doug and Jody are really like, we're building a brand new rink. They're putting a lot into this program um, financially. And, and we kind of have amazing backing that way, but just Doug is a hockey person um, drafted by the Canucks. Um, don't ask me the year, but it was back a while ago. Um, they want to do it the right way, build it with the right foundation. 
and uh, willing to, to go through everything or willing to do everything the right way and put in, um, you know, the money to do things right. Um, Jody herself works with the Calgary Flames still. So we just have, again, just really great people in our team to start building around it. <clears throat> but so when I started doing my homework and kind of finding out just how solid everything was going to be with this Black Vaults team and, and the new rink, how beautiful it was going to be, I was obviously like interested right away. And when I talked to Doug, um, it sounded like a great fit, um, just especially with me and kind of the story I've been telling you so far. Um, really, have always tried to put a stress on myself to diversify my skill set. Um, and so with me wanting to be a hockey manager, I want to know what everyone on the hockey upside, what their job is and how to do it. So when I look at my career at this point and what I've done, I've been a goalie coach. I've been a assistant coach running forwards on the bench. I've been an associate coach and running D on the bench and running PKs and running special teams. I've been a video coach. I've dipped my toe in hockey ops and management and recruiting and scouting um, and t- bringing that role into here and taking a bigger, taking on a bigger role on that side of things here. Um, and as well with Doug, which was awesome, um, allowing me to do this was I wanted to start um, working more and learning more about the business side of hockey too. So with my position here at Black Falls, it's scouting, it's recruiting, managing the hockey team. Um, but as well, I'm in on the sales side and working with our business staff and kind of now picking up experience on that side of things, which has been new and, and uh, at a time challenging for me, but um, our other sales guy we have here, Mark Stiles, also formerly worked with the fam- uh, Calgary Flames, worked in the NHL and the WHL for decades. I don't want to age Mark here. He might be getting mad at me in the office later, but um, so surrounded, like getting, being surrounded with good business people on the NHL side, good hockey people who have had NHL connections and just building this, this team here at Black Falls from scratch has been, it's been a lot of work from day one. I mean, we joke in the office uh, a lot of times saying we're like a startup company or like a startup tech company. And it's kind of our roles right now are kind of a mixed bag, what everyone's doing. It's uh, it's all hands on deck really for everything. And uh, it, it's been really exciting. Like our, our rink is still getting built. We're planning uh, camp for September in a regular season and moving in there before we even got in the rink. But uh, like going out there for rink tours, how quick it's going up and um, the, the locker room is incredible. I don't know if you got a chance to, to look at a recruiting package I sent you before I came on with the rink video but or the rink tour. But it's uh, for a 2,000-seat arena in Canada, how many how – many, 2000 seat arenas are there in Canada dozen or two, quite a few, but, but the bling that uh, we're putting into this rink with, with the brand new scoreboard energy board, we're putting in luxury VIP club. Uh, we have like a loach seating club that wraps around our whole defensive zone, kind of like Rogers place in Edmonton. Like this is a, a pretty tricked out 2000 seat arena and we're getting awesome fan support so far. It looks like with our season trick ticket drive deposits and everything. Um, so, so we're excited. We think we're going to have an awesome fan base in Black Falls and, uh, our team recruiting wise for a first year program. Um, I think it's looking real good. And, uh, just kind of with my experience in Penticton, seeing how a top junior A programs run, um, with Fred there and kind of bringing that here, um, hopefully within a year or two, the way things are looking, we're going to be, uh, hopefully, uh, competing with those top teams. For sure, for sure. I think uh, anytime you can get in with a you know expansion team or a new team is exciting. And uh, I joined the the Newfoundland Growlers a little bit late in the process. I joined just before the playoffs of their first year, so uh, you know they were rolling along pretty well when I got there. But uh, you know, there's just hearing the stories and even being involved in the the first off season where there were some questions and and different things that need to be worked out. It's uh, like you said, it's all hands on deck. Um, the hockey operations are definitely not just hockey operations. There's a lot of business overlap. And uh, I enjoyed learning that as well. I think that's something that a lot of people maybe take for granted sometimes as there are people in place to do that. But when you can get into an opportunity where maybe you can, uh, you know, have a say or at least have some kind of tasks or role associated with both sides, it really uh, allows you to kind of diversify yourself, as you said, has been a goal of yours um, kind of throughout the whole process. And you know, 
just through your experiences, obviously the AJHL and BCHL, two very well-known junior A leagues in, in Western Canada. And you'll see a lot of overlap players going from, uh, you know, each league in each direction, but maybe just talk about the two leagues from what you've seen and what you know um, in your experiences and maybe to just compare the level of play and some of the differences even uh, between the two. Well, uh, for, first off, both leagues are like, they're excellent leagues, very good junior leagues, especially for kids looking to, go on and continue their careers uh, towards that NCAA uh, dream and, you know, maybe pro after that. Um, I would say if, from all the leagues in Canada, clearly the two best leagues uh, send the most kids off to NCAA hockey between the two of them. Um, and and I think the thing that's been popping up in the AJHL lately is our advancement of, of really the top end kids. I mean, and it kind of, it started with Kale McCarr there, this recent trend. But since then, you had Benning, you had Savoy, you got Corson Coleman's coming up in uh, the upcoming draft. Um, the AJHL has been doing an excellent job of getting these these local Alberta kids to stay at home and develop in the AJHL and uh, going on to have great success quickly in the NCAA. And uh, Kale, I guess, is the only one who's, who's jumped to the NHL so far, but I think he's doing okay, um, last I checked. And I think the other ones are going to be doing okay pretty years, pretty soon here too. Um, and BCHL was, was fantastic just to be able to work, um, especially in Penticton, the amount of NCAA commitments we had every year. Um, you know, you, it wasn't, it wasn't like all of our committed kids were only going to North Dakota or only going to Boston university too. We really uh, had a good spread. So, you know, those are just more contacts you get to add, um, those NCAA programs, coaches, and, and, and hopefully take those uh, relationships on in life and on in your career. Um, but, but uh, I mean, when you, when you compare the two leagues to the other leagues in Canada, you know, they're fast and you're kind of seeing that transition to more of a skilled game. Um, the, the junior, I know in the OHL, they introduced uh, more strict fighting rules. These kids aren't fighting anymore. Um, so there's really not as much rough and tumble out west here. You hear from a lot of guys, um, they think, like, especially when comparing the Alberta League to the BC League, that they'll say there's a lot more rough play in the AJHL or a lot more fighting. Um, I, going back and watching through last year's tape and the year before, you know, I'm seeing a lot of what's happening in the BCHL and the AJHL. Um, real fast hockey, more of an emphasis on skill. And I think, uh, I think both leagues have been doing a real good job of kind of tailoring there are rules or regulations to that. And, uh, you know, keeping these Canadian kids home, these kids from Western Canada in Western Canada to develop before they go to the NCAA and, and in Penticton. And now what we're trying to do here in, in Black Falls is um, try to not have these kids leave Canada to go to the USHL. We have uh, good junior programs here and we're trying to put in the work and build something truly special to, to show these kids they, they don't have to go down there before heading off to school. They, they can finish high school in Canada here or with their buddies and, uh, you know, still play real good hockey, still go to Hockey Canada events, still get drafted to the NHL. Um, and these last few years have been a good swing of momentum um, in these leagues with kids getting drafted high. And I think you're going to continue to see that here uh, over the next few years. I think it's uh, it's great that the programs, you you know, lately you're seeing the elevation and that kind of goes all the way down to the leagues in, in Canada, you know, SJHL and the MJHL and uh, the OJ and then the Maritime League and, and all the other ones that I'm thinking, uh, you know, that are passing me here. But, uh, you know, it's just great to see that all these different programs are, are exceeding their expectations or other people's maybe perceived expectations and kind of growing. And definitely when you have a superstar like Kale McCarr kind of come in and, uh, you know, as you said, doing OK in the NHL, uh, you know, paying close attention to the, the Avalanche here recently. But, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show uh, that it really can be done if with the proper people in place. And uh, one of the things that you talked about earlier that I kind of just want to go back on was how having a Canadian influence in Finland was kind of something that they were trying to build for the, the kids in that program to give them maybe a different perspective. And at the same time, you might have been exposed to a different style of game, some different coaching styles being over there. And uh, I guess I just want to tie in for your own personal development. How beneficial was that experience and, and seeing those different things? And did it change your style of coaching at all? Uh, maybe when you came back to uh, where it's more North American style of game. hundred percent. And I mean, it was so beneficial. Um, our class was, so we, it was an international program. We had 20 kids 
And so in my class, we have four kids from Canada, so many Finns. We had kids from, from Central Europe, you know, um, Croatia, Czech, like places. I wasn't even sure they were playing hockey. But we also had like one guy who was there for sports management for like F1 racing and just getting different perspectives on some different sports. And, and um, you know, we had uh, some Swedes, some Russians. Um, but yeah, so you get all these different nationalities, all these hockey people, you know, into a classroom. And uh, the class we had a lot of fun in. Uh, our professor was, was Posse Mustin, and, and at the time he was, uh, I think he still might be, I'm not sure, but uh, he was the head coach for the Finnish national women's team. Um, and he, was, he had been coaching pro in Sweden before that. And just an electric individual, so much in energy and kind of a philosopher when it came to tactics of hockey. And so we had this class with him and we'd all just kind of be around a whiteboard and um, getting into it. So you had the, the Finns and the Russians who never wanted to give up the puck, no matter what. Uh, you had the Canadian kids saying there's a time and a place to, to dump the puck and, you know, get in on the four check and just different styles of play. And, and uh, pretty heated arguments in that class, people yelling at each other, but uh, it ended up being pretty good because we get through it and kind of reach an understanding. But I think the biggest uh, or the best thing I kind of took away from it was being able to sit back and listen to a different perspective or a different idea on, on how to play the game. And especially for from someone from a different part of the world, let them explain why and maybe think why, why would, uh, why would the Finnish national team uh, never want to give up the puck? And you'd sit down with some of my buddies and, and they'd start talking and they'd be like, we're in the world championship. We're outgunned. Canada has a team full of first line NHLers. And you go back a few years, Finland's world cup team, mostly kids or mostly players playing pro in Finland, maybe a couple of NHLers. So they're like, we're outgunned. When we get the puck, we don't want you to have it. If we have the puck, you can't score. So the Finns kind of really developed that, that play style and that system. And, and it's kind of taking, like, it's really taken off for them. It's working. They've had a lot of success in that world championship tournament and kind of off their style. And it just kind of, you got to play to the players you, you have and kind of play to your strengths and, and uh, just being able to be open-minded about systems, listen to people and work around a why or maybe figure out a new why um, is kind of probably the best, most beneficial thing I took away from, from that part of the program and, and being around those international kids or international students. Um, you know, just so many different perspectives, a mixed bag, um, just to, to be able to have so many more ideas or just ways of thinking to attack the same problem. Um, that type of diversity is, is super important, I feel. Yeah, I, I think you can never have too much diversity in, in kind of breaking down those things. And I found even, uh, you know, being from Newfoundland and going somewhere like Ontario, I even had different perspectives. So I can only imagine the difference, uh, you know, from that water range. But uh, again, it definitely added to your arsenal and gave you a different perspective, which you're able to take to the teams and programs you have been uh, since then. And, uh, you know, maybe at that point when you're in those classes, you might have not expected to be uh you know, with the Bulldogs here now, it's it's kind of hard to predict uh, that far in the future where you may be. But looking forward in your future ambitions, maybe five, ten years down the road, uh, what are maybe your your ambitions in the game? And do you have any guesses as where or, or where you might like to be? Guesses on, on where I might be then or, or how I'm going to get there? No. Um, what, I, what I do know is, like, I want to be a general manager of a hockey team and I, I want to work in the NHL someday. Like, that much I know. Um, and just kind of in that path and, and keeping those things front and present in my mind all the time that that's where I want to get to end goal. Um, where in the meantime, and kind of how I touched on before, I'm just trying to diversify my skill set. I'm trying to dip my fingers in as many different parts of, of the hockey industry as I can. And, and the role I'm in in junior hockey right now and with the team I'm in, especially the experience to, to work in a brand new expansion team, like getting in on the ground floor um, is an experience. I feel if you took like the average person who worked in sports, how many times in their career they get to work with a startup expansion team that the average is zero. Um, so I think that that, that opportunity to kind of build something or help build something while just continuing to, 
to diversify my, my skill set. Um, the one thing I never wanted was to just be pegged as a, as a one-off kind of guy, like only an analytics guy, only a D coach, only a goalie coach, only a one thing or whatever, um, especially. And I think being a, a manager of a team or, or at least my belief on it is um, to be able to, to communicate and, and have had experience in as many uh, roles as possible as a manager will help me direct and, and deal with staff and, and help, uh, help build a team and just kind of have everything running efficiently uh, task-wise on a hockey ops side and being able to focus more on, you know, maybe the personal side of things, the relationships with the, with the, your organization and your players and, uh, you know, really making sure everyone's doing okay. They have everything like <clears throat> as a manager, I think it's important to take care of your guys, make sure they're taken care of um, and being able to give them that time and attention which is something I think you'd really be able to spend more time on um, with when you have a good directive, when you like your development program and all your staff are uh, slated correctly and doing the right thing and you're able to support them in the right way. And uh, that's kind of my outlook on things uh, as I move forward and hopefully get to manage a hockey team here sometime soon. Yeah, no, I think it's good <laughs> to have goals like that. And, and I think, like you said, and kind of hinted at, like anytime you're in management, I think you need to kind of have an understanding of everything that goes on. I think if you, uh, you know, don't go through all those, you know, quote unquote ground level or entry level experiences and, you know, go through the grind of being a video coach or have experience working with goalies or, uh, you know, running power play tactics. So a lot of times it's going to be really hard to understand that from a management perspective. And that's where there's disconnect uh, in programs. Maybe that don't work, but. Uh, you know, a lot of times these things that you, you can learn through connections and people and people on my hockey resource are creating a platform that allows others to maybe reach out to people in the industry and, and gain more perspective on different things, whether it's video coaching, whether it's scouting or, or management, even business operations. So for anyone looking to learn more, be sure to check out my hockey resource on Twitter and Instagram. Adam, one of the things they talk about there a lot is specific resources, books, articles, softwares, conferences, uh, you know, the amount of conversations I've had on there is relentless. So for you personally, what are some of your favorite resources that you might want to share with uh, listeners here today? Well, the one I, the one I jotted down that kind of was maybe my intro into geeking out over analytics or, or kind of self teaching myself how to track that or, or how I want to efficiently use analytics was, uh, the old Rob Volman, um, hockey abstracts that he would release yearly uh, when he released that shot. I actually, uh, I, I got a, a signed copy of that. I went to a, a Rob Volman book signing being, being a little bit of a nerd, but I, I, those were really my, my elementary, like my ground floor introduction to analytics. And, and I loved those books and just tried to take as much from those as I could. Um, and that was at that time, like, you know, just coming out of school, I thought like, that was going to be everything um, working on hockey and just kind of finding out now that's just a small part of it, but I'm glad that I, I dove so deep into those books uh, just to get, have a good understanding of it. Um, and, and for anyone who hasn't read those books, he Rob does a, a tremendous job explaining it and just kind of introducing the analytics from that, uh, that side of things. And then the other, most of the other hockey books I, I've read, I haven't read many coaching books, but I like to read books from hockey people. I mean, I, I think everyone's read Theo Fleury's Play With Fire. And, you know, just kind of when I read that, just kind of think um, of ways to maybe identify if, you know, you have a player on your team or in your organization who, who's um, having some issues or kind of battling themselves. And I try to think, like, how could how could you identify that earlier? How could you try to provide that that person with some, some support? Um, and then another one I feel, a local Red Deer guy here, uh, Ron McLean, his uh, cornered his book cornered, I thought was really awesome. And the thing I liked about that book was all the stories were great, but just the thing I admired was the longevity and the, the amount, the span of time that the, that book took place over, and just just to stay in the game for that long, that longevity of working in hockey, uh, no matter the role, I think is uh, admirable and impressive, and just kind of taking Ron's outlook on life and how he deals with people and how he deals with his job. Um, you know, 
obviously he, he's a Hall of Famer. He's an all-time great. And just I really admire how he was able to to stay in the game for so long and just have such an impact on on it for uh, for really everybody. So. Yeah, some great suggestions there. And, uh, you know, two outstanding people. And Rob Volman is definitely someone I'd like to have on the podcast. But I think <laughs> LA Kings uh, might have a, a different suggestion there. But um, you know, definitely a book. I mean, I have the the books there behind me. We can't see in the in the background here, but uh, you know, I think everybody's gone through the experience of kind of reaching out to, and looking at these books and and similar resources and just looking for anything that you can learn from. And sometimes it is something very specific like those books, but sometimes it is maybe an autobiography, like I said the O'Fleury story, and then these different things that you can just maybe have takeaways in other areas. So. Some great suggestions, and I advise listeners to, uh, to definitely look into those as well. And uh, outside of books, you've, you've talked about a few different people here today who have kind of helped you and, and pushed you in different directions uh, throughout your career. So maybe once again, just talk about some of those key mentors and some of the lessons that they taught you collectively. Yeah, so obviously, just throughout my my story of kind of my my career and how it got started, I, I mentioned Ross McLean, and obviously he he gave me the the kick in the butt to move over to Finland and, and got like was tremendous in helping me get connected with some hockey Canada people. And, and in that sense, and um, I still talk to Ross a couple of times each month. We'll get on the phone for 30, 40 minutes and just, you know, kind of catch up and, and still just kind of bounce ideas off each other. And just been a really good, really good friend for me. Um, I think, I think maybe the best influences I've had in hockey were, all my buddies and my dad who were our, the coach of our minor hockey team. And just, you know, we were all best friends on the same team growing up and our dads were our coaches and just the love for the game and just those life principles. Um, you know, we've all been friends for 20 plus years now and we're all still just as tight as we were back then. And I think um, our dads had a big part to do with that. Just uh, the mentorship from the, that side. Um, Maso in Finland, Maso Lesson, uh, he's been uh, coaching in, men's mestis he's won men's mestis in finland two years in a row now as a head coach um you know we were similar in age but um maso was a fiery individual and he uh from him really how to channel um maybe a bit of that that fire because you know as a young guy i still kind of find myself um as calm as i think i can be during a game maybe still full of a, a little piss and vinegar at times but but the way Maso channeled his fire um, in a positive way for the players, I, I really, that was a great takeaway from him. Posse Mustonen, who I mentioned, uh, my professor at school, he was a, a personal mentor for me. We'd meet once a week and just kind of talk about life. Um, and Posse was awesome. He's just a philosopher of the game. Uh, really liked to dive deep on, on people, on personalities, on, on play style, on tactics. One funny story about Posse. The first year I was at school, um, if you've heard anything, or the, like the Finnish demeanor is very stoic, very quiet, very not showing much emotion. And every day when I'd walk into school, walk into class, I'd walk by Posse. And every morning I'd ask him, how are you, Posse? How are you? Every morning. And I, I thought nothing of it. I thought it was standard morning greeting, saying hi to my professor. And, and one day Posse snapped. He goes, why do you say this? Every day, why do you ask me how I'm doing? What if one day I say, Adam, I'm doing horribly. Today's the worst day. Get away from me. I'd be like, oh, Posse. I said to him, Posse, I'm sorry to hear that. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. And that day in class, he, he it was a little bit embarrassing, but he stopped everyone and he told this story and he goes, told, says such an impressive story about how you got to stay in touch with your players and ask them how they're doing and be in their life, force your way into their life, even if they don't want you. And just, um, you got to know Posse with how intense and fired up he was, that the speech he delivered in front of the whole class. With, I'll never forget that. Um, Fred and Penticton, Fred Harbinson, um, the four years I spent there, he was, he was incredible. I mean, um, that, that program he's built there over the last decade plus is obviously the results speak for themselves, but just the professionalism and, and the way Fred carries himself in the industry day in and day out. Um, you know, it, it's uh, those, those are the lessons of just kind of how to be a man, how to take care of yourself while working as hard as you need to work while working in hockey. Um, really admire Fred uh, for, 
for everything he taught me. And, and the four years we had were, were great together. We got the one championship. And um, that last season that was shut down by COVID, I, I may be a bit biased, but I don't know. I thought we were maybe adding to that trophy case that year because that was a real, real great team we put together that season. But loved my time in, in Penticton there. And that's uh, that's all the guys I can kind of think of uh, off the top of my head for now. I'm just excited to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a great list. Um, you know, I, I say time and time again, I put people on the spot with that question. And uh, you might you might add to that list about 10 minutes after this interview. And, <laughs> Uh, and then you'll definitely get a few calls, uh, you know, once the interview is released, uh, you know, a little here down the road. But uh, just kind of, again, goes to show how many people are willing to help you in the game and, and whether they intentionally tried to, you know, teach you in terms of game of hockey or just life in general. They they had an impact and it's sometimes great to reflect. And now you're in a position uh, today as an assistant general manager, maybe having your experiences in different roles uh, for someone who's maybe looking to get in the game and, and follow that similar path. What's one piece of advice that you have uh, that might help them be successful down the road? Uh, the first, the absolute first step is you got to put yourself out there. You got to, whether you have a contact, someone you know or not, um, I think if you want, if you want to get what you want, you have to let people know. You have to tell them and you got to put yourself out there. Um, you got to send that email. You got to make that phone call and try to get in touch with somebody and, and be persistent. Um, well, they always say persistence beats resistance. So you just got to keep keep kind of grinding until you get that foot in the door. And then uh, and then once you do get your foot in the door, um, the things I've always tried to remember, um, work as hard as you can, have fun doing it. Hockey's a fun game, and that's why we all get into it. Um, so you got to have fun while you're at work. Keep it light when you can. Be serious when you need to be and get your work done. Um and then, and then the, kind of the thing I guess I brought up a couple times now is just continue to diversify your skill set. Um, I, I like I say that because from my perspective, I want to work in hockey for a long time. I don't want to go anywhere, and I don't want to get pigeonholed into just one role or just uh, you know I'm only good for X type of thing. Um, I want to be able to be flexible, be able to kind of fit into any role, and just uh, you know be be able to be easy to work with for, for the team I'm working with, for my colleagues, for the players I'm with. I want to be um, someone they enjoy being around, somebody they enjoy to work with. And, uh, you know, I, I like to win. I like to work hard and, and have fun. So um, just kind of taking all of that and, and putting it together on a day-to-day basis. is uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely the key, I think, at the end of the day is just, you know, like you said, being persistent and, I know, I know that firsthand and, and people on the podcast have mentioned it before, you know, you're never going to get anywhere expecting things to come to you. You kind of have to go out your way and make it happen and improve yourself in, in many different situations along the way. And uh, Adam, I think that's great advice and a tremendous way to finish off this interview today. Uh, I'll let listeners know right away that me and you didn't know each other before this, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I've gotten to know you a lot better through our conversation and learned a lot about you and, and just, um, you know, hockey operations in general. So with that, I just want to thank you again for joining me today, and I wish you all the best uh, with the new team here moving forward. Hey, thanks, Ryan. I want to thank you for having me on. This was uh, this was awesome. I hope uh, people listening got a lot out of it. Um, I sure have from the episodes I have. I think what you're doing here is uh, pretty awesome. I think you're doing a great job of it, really professional, and I enjoy tuning in and uh, going to continue to. All right. Well, listen, I really appreciate that. I, I hope others uh, feel the same way. But at the end of the day, it's people like yourself who, who kind of make it what it is. So thanks again and all the best. Hey, you as well. Thanks. One thing that fans within the game, hockey minds and players can agree upon is that when done responsibly, there's nothing better at the end of the day than a cold beer that you enjoy for both its taste and its aroma. And this segment of the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Kitty Vitty Brewery. You can visit their tap room now open seven days a week and their new retail location in St. John's, Newfoundland at 16 Harborview Avenue. If you're one of those people who are maybe looking for some more entertainment, somewhere to sit with friends, you can definitely check out their original location in Kitty Vitty, Newfoundland. Join the Kitty Vitty Craft Club at kittyvittybrewery.ca and give them a follow on social media to keep up to date on the latest brew news. If you're not from Newfoundland and not from the East Coast and you want to get involved, definitely follow them on social media and learn more about their beer, which is great for the casual beer drinking fan and also the beer enthusiast 
and stay tuned because who knows, maybe they'll find their way to get their beer to a location near you. Check out Kitty Vitty Brewery today for more information on their beer, clothing, and all things Kitty Vitty Brewery. I'd like to thank Adam for coming on the podcast and sharing his story with us today. Again, Adam is a young guy who has really put himself out there, and there's a lot more to come in his story as he looks to one day make the NHL ranks. If you'd like to get in touch with Adam to learn more about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com, and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Haley Moore, Vice President of Hockey Operations with the American Hockey League. A skilled player in her own right, Haley has progressed to her league role today with stops in the NCAA and NWHL, so be sure to tune in to hear her story. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening in today and for continually supporting the podcast. Be sure to check out our social media platforms as well as our website for more content moving forward. As always, stay safe and all the best.